0: Hey, this is Elias from The City Harmonic, and you are listening to The Frequency Podcast.
1: Hi, and welcome to the radio show. This is Frequency FM. I'm your host, Dan Thompson. I don't have to do any work. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Welcome uh,
0: welcome back, everyone, to Frequency. Um, you've been listening to an imposter. Um, <laughs> uh, that was Marcel Preston from Sky Terminal, and uh, I was able to capitalize on them, Coming through the East Coast and hitting our small little island, Prince Edward Island. Um, we're always thankful when bands want to make their way across the water. Um, but what brings you to the island?
1: Yeah, so we had an event uh, yesterday in Summerside, and it's our, our third time to PEI. And, you know, whenever we're, we're here, we're, we keep thinking, oh, when, when can we come back? And so, you know, I'm already thinking about the next time. We're going to come back and then, uh, but yeah, so it's just really great to be here on the island. The people are really friendly. It's what I call East Coast hospitality. Now with that, do you, are you eating East Coast food or are you going to McDonald's? Oh, you know, well, it depends who's paying, I guess. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But, Fair enough. Uh, you know, uh, our our host for the last venue just spoiled us rotten. We, had, we went to the, the market. Yep. Uh, on, in Summerside, and we had the most amazing crepes that I've ever had. Like homemade ingredient, ingredients, everything. Wow! Then they had this crepes. Is that a French thing?
0: Yeah. Mind you, there is French influence on the island, so that makes sense. Exactly.
2: Okay. Nice. She was actually
0: Latvian. Yes, yeah, too. She was Latvian. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll just have to remember to pass the mic around for people because this is an audio podcast. We actually have one, two, three, four, five, six guys in a room with with four mics. Um, So bear with us. Um, You'd think that guys that are in a band would automatically go to a mic, but I'm just teasing he's a drummer. Oh, okay, okay. He's a drummer, not used to having one in his face. (laughs) He's not Phil Collins,
1: apparently. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But before we get too far into this, why don't we do quick introductions and just go around the room so people know who you are.
1: Well, I'm Marcel. Uh, I do lead vocals for Sky Terminal.
3: Uh, Jer, I do sound for Sky Terminal. My name is
2: Caleb, and I hit a bunch of really big circles for Sky Terminal.
4: My name is Jesse Thomas. I'm a a folk artist from Nova Scotia and also in Ontario right now. And yeah, my name is Scott,
5: and I'm a lead guitar for Sky Terminal.
4: Awesome. All right. I I always forget to do
0: introductions. I just dive into asking questions. Um, What? uh, Just so people know... Here And of course, this is a podcast in the US, almost primarily, so people wouldn't even necessarily know your name, Um, may know pieces of you and people that you've worked with. Um, I know I've actually had you on the podcast before years ago. what would be your genre? What would you call yourselves as a band? Like, are you a rock band? Um, you talked about folk. You're um, Jesse. You're opening for the band and also contributing to part of the tour. Um, so you're more
4: a folk artist. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 like a folk rock kind of thing. Right now, it's it's definitely like an acoustic kind of vibe. Okay. Um, just opening with an acoustic guitar. But okay.
0: yeah. So that's that's a diverse difference from what I would I would perceive Sky Terminal to be. So what, how would you describe Sky Terminal?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely feel like the band's sound is maturing. Uh, you know, I would say the easiest way to describe it is melodic rock. Okay. And so, I mean, you know, when I when we put our first album out in, in 2011, uh, you know, it was a lot louder, you know, electric guitars, kind of full roar, if you will. And, uh, you know, I'm just really looking at different sounds and different things that have inspired me and, just uh, love the creative process, and so we've been really playing around with a lot of different sounds. Um, we have we've been working on a new album mm-hmm. as well, which kind of you know, as an artist, it gives you a chance to to present just something something new and something something different. And so, uh, you know, we have some interesting and fun influences that are that are going to come through, and I really can't wait to to release this album. Uh, you know, one of the songs I'm really excited about that has not been released yet. You know, it's called Billion Stars, but it has, you know, like kind of almost a rap influence as far as the rhythm section goes. Uh, and then, you know, on vocal levels, it has some Bon Iver. And then it just, I don't know, maybe has a bit of a an Imagine Dragons feel over top of that. Okay. Uh, so it's it's really, you know, taking from different places. And you get to take all these things that have inspired you through through the years, and you bring them into one piece, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just you know, you just hear something new, and yeah. so I, I'm really excited about this this next album. And
0: well, I'm curious to hear it because I act, when people ask me who who you are, and I've known you at least on social media forever. Uh, I think we talked maybe 2012, 2013 um I called you the Coldplay of Canada. <laughs> yeah. So cuz you have a certain way that you sing that it has similarities. Now I would say that you you have uh you're less repetitive and less um cookie cutter than Coldplay mm. is. Um but do you take offense to that or would you take that as a compliment?
1: You know, I I look up to Coldplay in, in such a big way and so you know any any association I'll take as a as an easy compliment. <laughs> so thank there you. you.
0: Nice. Now, what do you think the response of Canadians is to touring and music? Is it a, is it a rough go in Canada in the music business?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a different culture. Um, I mean, I know that the U.S. really has an amazing culture of music, and you know that's kind of our our next our next step is we really want to to share some of these songs with with the greater North America, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, moving from there to the world, right? But here in Canada, because, you know, if if you think about where the population of the country is, is it, I might be getting the the statistic wrong, but it's something like 90% of the population lives two hours from the U.S. border.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty close to correct.
1: So in order to be able to uh, do a tour, you're just doing a straight line across the country. So, I mean, when we go on on tour, you know, doing a 15-hour drive, 40-hour drive, all that stuff is is just part of the tour, Mm -hmm. you know it it's it's rare that you can drive 3 hours to to the next city. Yeah. And so it's definitely a lot more challenging for us as a as a country, as a community to build these tours and build a culture of of music where that's normal for people to bring in bands and mm-hmm. you know there really is some some amazing promoters and some amazing people around the country that really do get behind Musicians and just you know the culture of of the arts, mm-hmm. and so that's just amazing, and it's been incredible to partner with them and you know it's just really thinking about creative ways to to make sure that Canada doesn't miss out on you know part of our culture, which is a big part of our culture, which is music.
0: Are you guys writing your own material or taking other people's written material or collaborating? How does that work for for you guys
1: yeah I mean I'm such a fan of you know writing music and you know, come up with your own stuff. Uh, I mean, when it comes to writing music, I love just sitting down, putting some ideas together, but then not being too proud to be like, "Hey, what do you guys think?" And so, you know, for me, having just a close knit community of of people around me, inputting into the music, is really the best decision that I've ever made all the time. You know, and sometimes, you know, as an artist, we can get so up close to our our art. You kind of lose a little bit of perspective, and so just even having you know band members or, or friends say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" You know, I, I'm always up for it, for the ideas, and I guess part of being an artist is that I mean, this is all something that we we develop in, and I'm sure there's there's more development to be made. But you learn to be secure that hey, you know what, you're the artist; you get to make the, the final call. And so, you know, it's really being open to to suggestions, and I, I love it. I mean, I've been uh, collaborating here with, with Scott on guitar for a while. And, uh, I mean, he's he's an amazing vocalist as well. And mm-hmm. sings harmonies like, I don't know, I want to say Angel, but that's just, <laughs> I don't know. He, it's the beard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the beard
0: that makes it.
5: Yeah.
0: Filters all out all the bad vocals. Exactly. <laughs> <Good one. laughs> you could just have your beard as the album cover. There you go. <laughs> there <we> go.
1: <laughs> yeah, you. Scott and I have written a lot. And so he comes up with these great, chord progressions and yeah i think sometimes it's nice even as a vocalist not to have to think about the progression you can just vent it out so
0: if you guys are collaborating
1: (laughs) together is this is this like at
0: your instrument or at a table like do you do you get together with an idea and just beat the snot out of the drums and and start doing riffs like how does that look do you find it can be limiting just sticking to one thing or do you guys um try to make a point to Get in a room and just bash it out as as a song.
5: A lot of the times, it it comes from little simple moments where either Marcel just comes up with a melody line while he's while we're driving, or we're doing something completely different, and I play some guitar riff, or you know, a drum loop, or some drum pattern comes out, and it, it just there's so many different ways that this that process starts, and it's been interesting because that's a big contributing factor to the, the new direction and the new sound that we're coming out with is cause this is like really the first project that we're, that we're all collaborating together on. it's taking, it's, I think each individual piece is, uh, is making this a very unique and, and new sound. And, you know, there is, you know, we, 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 we have moments where we're intentional about it and we, you know, we go away and, you know, go to a cottage and just, bring a bunch of guitars and just go at it and write a bunch of material but then there's little small moments where it just comes out of
1: nowhere yeah i think i mean even just thinking about the the song i was talking about billion stars we were recording lead guitars for our our newest single good life which just kind of hit radio here in canada and uh you know scott was playing and uh, i just kind of had this idea in my head and i was like Wait, wait. Let me just vent this out. And you know, Scott gave me the look, like, oh, you know, like, let's just record. The, I'm like, no, no. no I got to be faithful with this idea. Just, <laughs> just let me, you know. And so he he gave me grace in that moment. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just I hummed out the whole song. Like it was just a. It was like a a vocal loop for just my drums and Mm -hmm. kind of sang the melody over top and basically the song while you're driving. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this we we were in studio, so I could just kind of hit the record button pretty easily there, and you know, hum the whole melody out for for the song and Mm -hmm. you know, you know, one of my favorite songs. And so I guess what I say, what I like to think is, there's no rules. You know, if it's starting with the melody, if it's starting with a guitar chord, you know, if it's starting with a lead line, like there's so many different ways to write a song and just like you said like why just do the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over yeah and so uh no rules do you do you ever look at a song with with the idea
0: already in place that i have to be able to do this acoustically maybe it's a heavier song or um or a rock song like i know in the past you said you had a, a more of an edgy sound I can't remember, was Josh McIntosh involved in that project? Yeah, okay, so. Because yeah, Playing he's, with Bethel. Yeah, yeah, so he definitely has a, a harder-hitting <laughs> distortion manifest type sound, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, um, he writes for them, so. Yeah, exactly.
0: So do you find that to be diverse as you're traveling, because you probably play different venues, different types of churches, and they're like, oh, you're a rock band, can you do this instead? Yeah. Do you ever get that on tour?
1: you know when we do concerts they do pretty much leave it up to us uh, but i do actually like to the, the tailor the set i mean you know if it's a younger crowd i want to make sure that things are really pumping and moving along and you know if it's a bit more of an older crowd you can work them up to that to that place but if you start with your heavier song that's going to be the filter that they see the rest of your set through right and so you just got to be aware of how someone perceives your music and how to best introduce things mm-hmm. to them. So, I mean, for instance, one of the songs, uh, one of our favorite songs to perform is called Satellite. Yeah. And I know that if I start the set with that song, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to be just like, uh, I don't know how to engage in this yet. It's like, it's everything, you know, there's no there's no build up to that. But, you know, if I play that song last in the set, then, you know, parents everybody they just love it because they've seen the overall picture of of what we do i love to perform every event as though it was the big venue i mean obviously i love playing the big venues uh, you know you just have you know it's interesting because as as an audience member you don't realize how much influence you have on the band and so if you're if you're loving the music if if you're showing that you're loving the music the, that actually, you know, the band gets all pumped up and you get a better show. And I don't think the audience realizes that. Yeah. But they're an integral part of of any show. And so when you have people that are there and just ready and willing to be a part, then it becomes an interaction. It's not just yeah. a performance, it's an interaction. And so typically at, at bigger venues, you have a lot more of the interaction. And then, you know, if I'm performing at a smaller venue, I can really take from the from those moments and perform to the crowd as though it was, a, it was a bigger venue, and you know that's that's kind of one of the fun things about performing and reacting. And uh, I mean, I like to to write songs that I can react to, so I'm not simply just putting on a show. I'm I'm expressing something, yeah. uh, and so you know, there's always kind of a, a passion or something exciting happening while we're playing music that we just love to express. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's a big part of it.
0: Now, you talked about influences, Marcel. What about the rest of you, though? What kind of influences would you have musically? I would imagine there'd be some diversity in this room with this many guys. Everyone looked at the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, uh, I'm into a lot of hardcore music. Okay. So my, my, uh, my style is, is very very heavy and energetic. Okay, like so, metalcore, hardcore. No, not not metalcore. Okay, angrier. <laughs> really, <laughs> but still Christian. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I listen to I, that, that's that's what I listen to a lot a lot of, and that's kind of where I've I've kind of developed my style, I guess. Um, but I also really like um even even softer stuff. Like there's a there's a band right now that I'm listening to. It's called Caspian. They're mm-hmm. very uh, they're just melodic. Uh, ambient, I guess. Okay. And they're very uh, no vocals. It's just uh, just basically sounds and stuff like that, and the the grooves and stuff like that that, that these guys come up with are really 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 cool. But hmm. I I would say my I don't I don't play hardcore music, but I definitely look like I would. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I'm a, I, we'll do uh, a group photo after this, I and love, people can pick who
0: you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: I love I love bringing energy to to, to any show. And it's just it shows I've I've been to show, so many shows where I obviously because I'm a drummer, uh, I'll watch I'll watch the drummer and it just looks like most of the time it just looks like they're not having fun. Yeah. And it's it's that that's not part of a live performance. <clears throat> so I try my hardest to to make it look like I have fun all the time.
0: Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Even when it's when your favorite genre is angry music, <laughs> yeah, exa- no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just poking you. Yeah. <laughs> what other influences are there? Any others?
5: I'm um, I'm a pretty wide range of stuff. I like. I I I know a lot of like jazz theory and all this sort of stuff. But then I I love country music. Like a guy like Keith Urban just okay. blows my mind the Great way guitarist. he can play guitar and sing at the same time and yeah. the melodies and all this, just the passion that he has. Super admire that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's you know, it's it's such a wide range of stuff. But then I I grew up just being a rock guy, I, listening to you know, the TFKs and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff like that. So a little it, Canadian plug there. Little Canadian <laughs> plug right there. But uh the one of the biggest influences I've ever I've ever had in my life was um I had the privilege when I was younger and starting to get into a a bit of a music career. Um, I had the privilege of working with Skip Prokop, who is the primary writer of Lighthouse Mm, and written uh however many number one songs. Yeah. Um I had the privilege of working with him in another band and uh it was the first time I had ever been in the studio and I walked in and uh, we hit record and then they played it back for me. And I was like, guys, that's not me. That sounds terrible. You're playing a trick on me. That's the worst, but no, it was me. Wow. And it just, he, he gave me a lot of support and advice and help and kind of mentored me in, in what that means to, to have professional musicianship and what you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, really just kind of laid the hammer down and just taught me a lot about, um about just that professional attitude and music and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. Intermingling that with um, with a heart for worship and, and and a passion for God and ministry, mm-hmm. uh, that's it's, that was probably one of the the pivotal moments in my music career. And so you know I'm very thankful for that guy. And you know he uh, that was probably the biggest thing in a musical sense that influenced me. Um,
1: what about you?
3: Um, I guess to round out the musical journey, um, in my house my dad was big into like like Motown and funk. And and James Brown, he's a huge James Brown fan. So I come out of a background of that. Um, as I grew up, I started getting a little more into rock. Like I'll give another TFK plug. I'm a huge fan, <laughs> huge fan of them. I lived in Barrie for a while, and, and they played through there a number of times. So I right. got to see them a bunch and whatnot. Um, and yeah, and I guess lately I've been getting sort of into EDM. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like happy music, and so that, uh, is that your
0: qualifier for EDM? Is happy music? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it's not all like that, but just the dance. I guess like the, the dance music and that sort of thing a lot of it is like, you know, was well, designed to get people moving, right? Exactly, yeah. to be happy, be at a club or, you know, a party yeah. or just like a good time and a good feeling and that sort of thing. So,
0: but um, you are you a sound engineer and a DJ?
3: Um, not really. I've done okay. a little bit, a couple weddings here and there, but not yeah. nothing, nothing seriously really into that. I I do appreciate live music though. I appreciate, you know, when artists actually perform live and perform well and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. Um, like, uh, like DJs do do incredible things too, and takes it on a ton of skill, especially with like when you're not just hitting play, when you're actually mixing stuff like on the fly, definitely. But yeah. uh, I appreciate like artists on real instruments mm-hmm. as well.
0: Now, you guys, as as a, a cohesive unit as a band, do you find that the sound engineer, and it's not to put you on the spot, this is real, like when you're on the road and you're at different venues doing different things, do you find that having a dedicated sound guy makes all the difference in the world for your mix?
5: Absolutely. I was actually saying to Jared the other day, like like, the sound engineer makes or breaks the band, the live performance, in my opinion. Um, and we were, we played in Summerside the other day and, uh, I remember I walked out at one point just to hear things and I had not heard a mix with such clarity in a long time. He just nailed it. He found exactly where things needed to be. So yeah, like that's, this this uh, an engineer who knows what he's doing knows knows the band's sound mm-hmm. and can tune that in that's yeah. that's everything
0: yeah cuz there is a dynamic range to work in and electric guitar mixing that with kit and subwoofer <laughs> like there's so many things that most people don't think about then you have to drop what you do into a large or small venue you know so we're actually just outside of a venue of about 350 seats um, how you'd mix that room would be totally different from probably Summerside where you came from. And then you might go back to Ontario and be in a church of 3000 or 500 or whatever. Um, do you, as an engineer then, or a guy who's running um, front of house, um, do you have to change everything on the fly or is, or do you have sort of a, a method to get the sound you need from venue to venue? Cause you don't always have hours and hours of setup, right?
3: I think going into a venue, your experience with a venue of that size plays a big role. So if you were to do, say, a show outside, which we did recently, you know that like everything needs to be like, mic'd for sure to make sure that it's heard. Whereas if you come into a venue that's smaller, a lot of the acoustic elements, like say the drum kit, a lot of it's going to fill the room just on mm-hmm. its own. Yeah. So how much that needs to be mic'd isn't going to be as much, right? right. You want to make sure it's there and it's still getting through clearly. But if you have the drums say it, you know, full go through the system, mm-hmm. it's gonna be way too much for the room, right? You're gonna yeah. miss vocals, you're gonna squash other other elements and things like that. So, right. you definitely have to experience plays a big role in that, mm-hmm. especially with the time factor. Like if you don't have a lot of time to kind of sit and try and tune a room or make that stuff all work. Um, yeah. Just kind of knowing what this room is probably gonna sound like, having being one's previous gives you an idea of where you need to right. have things when you get going. Okay.
0: Now before we close off and wrap up and I want to ask you guys just about you know where you're headed next and what the plan is and and timing uh, jesse you're you're opening you're also participating mm-hmm. um, with Absolutely. the band doing some bass yeah. um, is this um, are you usually just a local artist or do you tour on your own
4: yeah I've done some uh I've, I've definitely played shows uh, around Halifax areas where where I'm mainly um sort of was based out of in the last uh, three years, um, doing small little tours like, you know, maybe like a three, four string set of shows um, into Quebec, Montreal last year. Um, but yeah, not a ton of touring experience. So this is a, a really fun experience just to jump in a awesome. van with another band. And, you know, they they have a huge trailer full of gear and, <laughs> and the van's full of gear. I just have my guitar and a couple of bags. Like it's so easy yeah. for me, right? Um, just to just to hop in on it and uh yeah it's been a really good experience
0: well it's got to be a lot more fun to be in a group of guys traveling than it is sort of trying to make oh, it, make a go of it as a solo artist yeah
4: driving around on your own is, is can be boring sure. yeah. yeah yeah straight up
0: well you can listen to some some deathcore or metalcore <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean <laughs> caleb, yeah, on, there so with caleb all day <laughs> spread yeah. your wings man <laughs> <laughs> what's currently in your cd player or as we would say now on your
4: ipod mmm as you're
0: driving, what are you guys listening to?
4: I am a huge Ben Howard fan. Um, I don't know if you guys know Ben Howard. He's out of the UK, um, but just uh, yeah, it's like an alternative kind of sound. I don't know. It's it's
5: really really cool. But you know, we were driving out here, and I, I've been on this a little bit of a throwback kick recently, and so I was.
0: Which decade are you talking oh, about? Oh,
5: like '90s. <laughs> um, so I was I was throwing back to like old jars of clay and. DC Talk, and just, I was, I was on a throwback kick, you know? Like, the first Jars of Clay album, that yep. first one was... Flood? Yeah, Flood, yeah. all those songs, yeah. like... But, you know, it just changes, it depends. If if we're getting a little bit tired, we might want to put something on that's a little more a Little We were just energetic. two honks and a negro, I mean, it's, you know...
1: We just released our first radio single, you know, Good Life. Uh, I mean, for me, it was written with both the radio and kind of live audience in mind and uh you know actually that's for anyone that pre-orders the album that's available on our website okay uh, we just have a link from there to a, a pre-order site mm-hmm. and so you, you know on on that site you can partner with the album in different ways uh but the the most basic way is hey pre-order the album and you get the single right now for free uh or okay not so much for free because you're pre-ordering it, but what I mean is you get it before everyone else. Yeah. And yeah. so, and on top of that, we're going to start releasing the songs sooner as we, as we have them finished. Okay. And, uh, now are you, your
0: own production engineer, so you can kind of handle the exactly. <laughs> the logistics. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, which would be different from maybe other artists that are totally relying on, um, a production engineer. And then you may have another mastering place and then packaging. Do you guys package CDs still?
1: So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, when it comes to playing live shows, people love having that tangible thing in their hands, and I love it. I mean, what about vinyl? I haven't done any vinyl myself, but it is actually, it's coming back into into demand.
0: I think there's even one opening up in Mississauga or something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just curious about that, because vinyl, it's a double-edged sword, because vinyl, obviously, you can ruin it, and it's it's an older thing, and you have to buy special gear, which seems to be a cool thing these days. Um, I toss mine. <laughs> you know, I almost wish I didn't. Um, but the thing that was always lacking was engagement with the artist you open up a book exactly and you get photos and tour yeah. shots and like what you like and dislike how do you do that on a digital release other than a pdf file right like it mm-hmm. seems a little bit less personal nowadays mm-hmm. with the digital realm
1: it's interesting it's a little bit of one and the other cuz on the on the personal realm you have social media mm-hmm. which you know digital is great because you know someone put posts to comments on the Facebook, we're like, hey, you know, yeah, absolutely. Here's the answer to that question. or Yeah, almost instant response. And I, yeah. and I love that interaction, which, you know, yeah. we, we never really had before the Internet arrived. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were actually just talking about this the other day. Like, wow, you know what? Some people have grown up never not having the internet yes exactly yeah i mean anyway that's that's a whole different conversation 1995 you know dial up be like someone picks up the phone yeah (laughs) i just almost downloaded my homework right i mean that's what we were doing we're just doing homework homework not playing homework no (laughs) games uh so there's definitely i mean but why limit yourself to just one of the worlds you know so i mean having a hard copy i mean Switchfoot's new album came out I ordered the hard copy and you know you could put that onto your computer as well and you have a digital copy so you can kind of play both both worlds why Mm -hmm. not and so I definitely find that having hard copies are essential when we're playing events because you know I mean we've had download cards but you know it just doesn't feel awesome to walk away with a little piece of paper as opposed to yeah I've got something like yeah tangible that I could look through and no, that makes total sense. Put my um, CD player right now.
0: Yeah. Now you you make a living doing music solely, right? Yeah. And you're involved in a church as well. Yeah. Are you guys in other jobs other than quote unquote music to make a living? Yeah. What kind of work? They don't have to say the company name, but just what kind of.
4: I work as a barista. Barista? Yeah? yeah. Okay. At a pretty good coffee shop. Okay. In downtown Toronto, called Page One.
0: Nice. Nice.
2: I work at. A uh, third-party Apple store called Jump Plus. I think there's actually some on the East Coast here. Okay. There's like, like five or six in Canada, and two of them are in the East Coast.
0: Nice.
3: Yeah. I uh, work in telecommunications. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I work in music. You know, run the recording studio, and mm-hmm. which you know for me is a big I mean, part of it is a big excuse just to have my own. Creative space available, you, you know, whenever. Uh, and then my wife and I—we actually also pastor a church downtown Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a lot of fun too.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I didn't get you answered. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, no, I
5: uh, I do some uh, renovation and restoration work, uh, basement renovations and flooring restorations and stuff okay. like that. Yeah.
0: Is that in Toronto? Uh,
5: out of Burlington. Burlington. Out of
0: Burlington. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would call Burlington separate from Toronto, but some people attribute it's, all of it's that. It's the
5: midway point, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and where are you guys headed to now? Um, what does this tour consist
1: of? So this tour is a bit of a shorter run. Uh, we just had a an event yesterday. Was it yesterday? Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was called Glow, Glow Festival. Uh, that's just something that I've, I've had in my heart for quite a while, and it's the idea of coming together as a community and just shining and so just kind of glowing if you will and so you know instead of a normal ticket at the entry you get you know the, the glow bracelet and that's that's your entry and then you, know, you you come in and just everyone's wearing glow stuff you know everyone's brought their own stuff and it just kind of really lights up the crowd in, in a really fun way but you know the heart behind that uh, you know there's, there's a couple elements you know one is just to have an event where the community can come together, have some fun and, you know, listen to some good music. And then on another level, I love it being an outreach opportunity. So people can invite just the friends. And at the end of the event, we have the opportunity for people to, to receive Christ through that as well. Cool. And so, yeah, it was, I mean, it's just, it's always such a privilege to be able to, to, to do that. And, uh, before the event, part of the vision is also to have a community leaders gathering, just where people can pray into their city, share their vision with each other, and you know some communities already have uh, tight knit community leader events like that, mm-hmm. and you know for other communities that's actually not something that 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 happens yet, yeah. and you know uh, in terms of being involved on a local level, it's you know everyone really has a lot on their plate. You know it's okay, you know I gotta I gotta do this for for the people that I'm that I'm leading mm-hmm. and so in one way this is something that I love to bring almost as a ministry for the people that are leading people and yeah. it's just a chance for them to connect and to to help each other out and to share in their visions and to <laughs> pray for each other and so that's that's something that you know I've been really excited about I mean I love to just to serve different communities in different ways that that's needed and uh, so we're headed to St. John next and what they're doing there is they have a see you at the poll rally that they've been putting together. And so they're like, Hey, well, you know, would you, would you partner with us in this? And so, I mean, I'm really excited about that. We'll be at their local middle school doing an assembly for them. And then that evening we'll be doing a full out concert for the whole greater area youth groups. And so, yeah, I mean, just stuff like that, you know, people already have something in, in place and you know if we can go and serve that and support that then, mm-hmm. i mean it's it's so much fun and we love doing it
0: oh, that's great now how how do we contact you as a band
1: yeah it's uh info at okay. uh, it's a little bit of uh, terminator skynet <laughs> <laughs> that was unintentional <laughs> uh, but it's funny no, cool. But yeah, you
5: can check us out on on our Facebook page, our Instagram Instagram page as well, and uh, we just started doing a Snapchat thing as well. So, okay, are you guys ever Facebook
1: that. living or or yeah any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, we yeah. started been we've been starting to do that ever since it kind of became available to us. Okay, and so only on Apple products, of course. That's, <laughs> that's <right. laughs> Yesterday
5: we had a an afternoon off, and so we were in a coffee shop and. <laughs> We, uh, a rather intense game of Jenga developed, and so we took
1: that opportunity to to Facebook Live the it results. Went like, it went like at least six rounds further than we ever thought possible. It was like, okay, this is the last one. You know, you're toast. You like, know, looking
5: like, at it mathematically, you're like, this is impossible.
1: This can't be happening right now. Anyway, so we just, I mean, we just love showing people what happens behind the scenes, and so yeah. I mean, we had one up on the way here just. Mm-hmm. In the tour van i guess we're just hanging out and being weird or whatever yeah. hey but
0: that's, uh, that's awesome and uh you said you have an album coming out yeah um is there like an actual release date for the full album set you know yet?
1: i i want there to be <laughs> uh you know when it comes to creativity sometimes you know it's it's a growing child that just doesn't want to be birthed yet mm. and so you know, as we've been working on things, you know, I was like, okay, it's going to be ready by August. Oh, okay, September, November. So I'm hoping for November. Okay. Uh, but I really don't want to release it before it's ready. Right. And so, uh, but with the pre order, you can get samples of, well, you can get full on songs mm-hmm. of different song uh, material that's available.
0: Yep. You know, we'll definitely get the word out about what you guys are doing and especially Jesse as well. Um, being in the East Coast, or, or from the East Coast, and uh, thanks so much.
1: That's our pleasure to be here. We've uh, we've had a really good time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to seeing you again, maybe uh, next month. I'm just wondering if I could have all four of microphones and speaking to them at the there same you time. Go. Let's do it. Let's there we do go. It. So, uh, you know, this is um, you know, I really believe in in stereo. And so, what I'm doing. <laughs> this is uh what do you call it surround sound there we go so with with four microphones 5.1 okay now this is too complicated so maybe you can get one behind my head and then you'll there we go there we go uh no but we're looking forward to coming back to Charlottetown. To i know we had a couple uh people come up from here uh, for our event in summerside and yeah, we're just looking forward to what the future holds, and we're excited. To the
5: we're in your spotlight.